Let's hear it once again, shall we? It's Luke, the 10th chapter. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him. She came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. As a thought for today, I offer address the mess. Address the mess. Let us pray. O gracious and all wise God, holy God, we give you thanks for this day. We thank you, O God, for the way that you have indeed kept us. Some of us almost let go, but holy God, you kept us. Your grace and your mercy came, Lord God, and it held us close. So keep us close now, O God, and may your spirit speak to our hearts and minds, and may your spirit, O God, come and dwell mightily with us so that I might preach and your people might hear. And then, holy God, we might all go out and live the word so that your name might be praised, your son glorified, and your kingdom on earth advanced. We pray every prayer in the sweet, sweet, sweet name of the living God, of our Savior, your son, and his name is Jesus, and it is marvelous to our ears. In his name we pray. Amen, 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 and amen. Well, during the season of Lent, we have been talking about the mess that sin makes in our lives. We want better for our lives and for those we love, don't we? We want to live beyond the dysfunction and disappointment that sin causes and surely by now we all know that no matter how hard we try, we cannot change on our own. We cannot be who and what God created us and calls us to be and even what we hope to be and want to be by our own power, in our own strength, at least not for long. Sooner or later our mess will show up and it's going to mess us and others up. And if you watch the Academy Awards, you know that your money, your fame, none of that can save you from your mess. The mess that sin causes is, is not God's will for our lives. It is God's desire to restore us completely and that our lives be totally transformed. God doesn't want us just to have less mess in our lives. But we are to be saved and healed from and of our mess. That is God's desire. 
But we have got to be willing to get beyond, as we said in a previous sermon, beyond the bless the mess thinking. We got to get beyond saying, well, Lord, I, I'm all right. That I'm okay. I ain't that bad. You know, I'm not like the Pharisees. We have to do more than that. We have to confess the mess. We have to come clean. We need to say, Lord, you know, I struggle with pride. I talk a bit too much. We have to confess the mess, knowing that God already loves us so we can tell the truth. And we have to stop messing around in our old lives. If we want new life, we must be willing to give up the old one. And yes, that's hard and it is a grief. It is difficult to let go. But we have got to get to the place where we are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're sick and tired of the mess that sin makes of our lives and our relationships. Sooner or later, we ought to get tired of telling God and other people we're sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Why don't you tell the truth? You a sinner. I messed up. But we say I'm sorry to God again and again of constantly repenting from our backsliding ways and, and come to the place where we stop seeing God's grace as an endless well from which we can draw buckets of mercy to ease our guilt about the same sins we continually commit got to stop messing around in our old lives. I mean, if we want to become new, live anew, think anew, have a new identity, then we must surrender control of our lives to God. We must ask Christ to, to come into our hearts and our minds. Lord God, where you lead me, I will go. We can sing the song, I surrender all, but then we go right back and get it from God. I surrender sometimes, amen? I'm going to surrender some, but not all. But the song is true. We must surrender it all to God. And no, not in our power, but Christ has the power to heal, to save, to redeem, to restore, to remake. It's just as Jesus told Nicodemus, we must be born again. How can we hope to live a righteous, restored, faithful, love-filled life unless and until we experience spiritual new birth? We must embrace the new life that a relationship with Christ offers. And we need to know that this is not a one-and-done kind of situation. We cannot just say yes to Jesus once, but we must say yes every day of our lives. Some of us need to say yes every hour. Because if we are to live by the Spirit and follow the Spirit so that our lives might indeed produce the fruit of the Spirit, and that's all of them, not the ones that we're kind of good at on our own, then we must commit to addressing the mess by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us Rooting out more of the mess that's in us. Maturing us, growing us as Christ followers and perfecting us in love. What, what is the greatest commandment? 
You shall love the Lord God with everything you got, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. And you shall love their neighbor as yourself. And we know what our neighbors are like. They're like us. We cannot do that on our own. We cannot love like that by our own power, by our own strength. We are going to mess it up. This work that the Spirit does in and through us, John Wesley referred to it as sanctifying grace. There is only one grace, but it operates in our lives differently, at different seasons in our lives. Provenient grace is the grace that goes before. Think of Zacchaeus up in that tree. He's just trying to look at Jesus, but Jesus came for him. Think about the woman at the well and how John says that this was a divine appointment. It said Jesus had need to go to Samaria. He, she wasn't just there by luck. He was there on purpose. God always comes into our lives on purpose to reach us, to meet us, to save us. To remind us that we're already loved while we were yet sinners. We don't have to do anything. God already loves us. And then justifying grace when we come to that place where we, we know that we are out of alignment with God. And God's like, I have grace enough to heal and get you right. But how do we sustain that life in grace? We need sanctifying grace. Every day. Each week during Lent, we have shared with you a particular spiritual discipline to practice. That's right. We send that out not for you to think, oh, that's nice. Look at that. I told you, nice ain't in the Bible. <laughs> practice. How many, well, I know I've got Janae and Jordan and Miles. Did anyone else take piano lessons here? Oh, good many. Okay. <laughs> There's some people think, I don't know if I should raise my hand. What does, what might she, why is she asking that? But I'm in church, so I'm going to tell the truth. You could just see the timid hands going up like, oh, she's going to ask me to do something. No, not this time. Not, not this time, okay? Maybe later. The Lord might let me remember that, Charlie. I just need to know. The Holy Ghost, I'm going to ask the Holy Ghost to bring it back to my remembrance. But no. I have, um, I have long, skinny fingers, okay? Now, my sister says something really quite unkind about them, but that's, that's another conversation. But they're really good for playing the piano because I could stretch. And while my friends were outside doing stuff, guess what I was doing every day except Sunday because it was the Lord's Day in my mother's house for f at least 45 minutes practicing, particularly those scales. And my mother would be back in the room, and I just believe she was sleeping, but if you let me stop, I don't hear you. Well, that's because I stopped. Okay, then I'm back at it. I was good, because you can't get good at something if you don't practice. You can't fall in and out of it. You can't say one week you're going to practice too much, you're not, and then get to the recital and not have your piano teacher, Barbara Bailey, really go upside your head. You got to practice. 
I don't do it, but I can do a layup in my mind. Amen? No, I can still do it. I can still do a layup, okay? It's muscle memory. Do you know how many times I ran down the court? Lay up, lay up, lay up. It's as if my body can remember. It's muscle memory. Practice, y'all, practice. This week, our spiritual discipline will be worship and service. And the following week, Holy Week, will be fasting and prayer. These spiritual disciplines which the faithful have practiced throughout the ages allow God to work within us, enabling us to receive more and more of God's presence, more and more of God's love, and making it possible for God to use our lives to bless others. How God going to use us when we don't want to spend no time with God? Like people say, well, Pastor, I used to. What? Why'd you stop? It is through these practices that the work of sanctification are done. So if we stop, we stop the process. Y'all, it takes time to be holy. You can't be, Michael Jordan will tell you, he didn't make the team, he got cut. But he practiced. Practice, 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 practice. You get good at it. It takes time to be holy. It takes commitment and availability to grow in grace and understanding, to be perfected in love. You can't love some people right off the bat, man. You need the Holy Ghost really help you. It takes availability and time to address our mess. To know that we can tell the truth about ourselves. <clears throat> Just like when you go to the AA meetings, right? Or any of those kind of 12-step programs. Do you remember a couple of months ago I showed you this, these, this, the, the signs where people could tell the truth. They held up, it was called cardboard testimonies. And they held up the truth. How could they do that? One guy held up a sign, I was an adulterer. I, one, I was a convict. I was a felon. I was this. They could tell, and then they flipped it over. They could tell the truth. They could say the truth about that mess because of what God had done and was doing in their lives. Some of us are still hiding out because we're so worried about what other people think. Other people ain't got no heaven or hell to put you in or out of. Other people ain't got no grace to save you and no power to keep you. So I worry about what other people think. We can't just want to change. We can't just pray to change without engaging in the practices that lead to change, that usher us in the presence and grace of God. That's why the story of Mary and Martha are, is so helpful. We can learn something from Mary and Martha. For just a moment, let's suspend our judgment of poor Martha, okay? Let's suspend, because technically, you don't want a church. You want to, in the church, you want some Marthas, amen? amen. <laughs> you need some Marthas. Know that Martha is no second-rate disciple, although she is a distracted one. 
Martha has heard and responded to the call of Jesus. She has accepted his words and embraced not only his ministry, but Jesus as the Christ. She has received him and his disciples into her home and into her heart, offering hospitality, a, a value in that time and in ours. She has offered hospitality to the one who has brought the kingdom of God near to us. So don't, don't diss Martha too quickly. And remember, she couldn't just go down the street to Kentucky Fried Chicken and get a bucket of chicken. She didn't go to Food Line and get a bag of flour. She'd have to actually mill it and grind it. It took work. And I'm sure she just wanted to get it right. She wanted to do her best. Deep down, she had a desire to do good. To do good. But Martha has become lost in her doing. She feels abandoned by Mary and ignored by Jesus. Can't you just hear her mumbling in the kitchen? Mary done gone out there. Mary is sitting down there with Jesus at his feet. And you can hear in the kitchen or wherever she is mumbling. Here I am working hard. I'm working my fingers to the bone and don't nobody care. Nobody cares about me. Nobody is thinking about me. Lord, don't you see that all that I'm doing for you? Yeah. Ever hear any Mary Martha's out there? Martha is, is fretful and frustrated because she thinks that it is all up to her. It's all up to her to get it done. Some of us in the church thinking, we can't, the church can't be the church if I'm not here. She thinks it's all up to her so much so that Martha engages in me talk. My sister has left me by myself. Make her help me. Can you believe that Martha went to Jesus with that mess? Tom Berlin points out that she was mean to Mary and confrontational with Jesus. Think about it like that. She tried to shame Mary and guilt Jesus into making Mary help her. Lord, tell her. Tell her to get up. Can you believe she went with to Jesus with that mess? Luke tells us that, that Martha was distracted in her doing. And the Greek word is perisipal. That she felt pulled in many directions at once. Right? We have all been where Martha was, haven't we? It's called multitasking, right? Have you seen the people driving in the car? And I'm scared because they're going to create a mess. They're talking on the phone, they're texting, and they're driving at the same time. It is no. Come on, y'all, that's a It's multitasking, and don't judge them because we do it too. Trying to get it all done. Trying to do everything right trying to fulfill all our roles and responsibilities. We have all been where Martha was, distracted and disconnected in our doing, even our doing for the Lord. There are lots of us in the church, we're running around doing every little thing, but we are not doing the one thing needful. 
Martha's trying to be the savior without listening and spending time with the savior. And when we are distracted and disconnected from the one who is our center, when we are distracted and disconnected from the one who is our peace, when we are distracted and disconnected from the one who is our joy, our hope, our love, we are liable to say almost anything. We are going to cycle down into some mess. We're going to cause some mess sooner or later. Let's just tell the truth. In the text, y'all, Jesus, Jesus doesn't so much rebuke Martha as he tries to refocus Martha. We connect with Martha. And remind Martha that even in the midst of what needs to get done, there is one thing needful. And that is to find time with him. Mary has chosen the better part. And that won't be taken away from her. Not by all the distractions. Come on, y'all, let's just tell the truth. Our lives are out of balance. And COVID has not helped. We make ourselves available for everyone and everything but the Lord and our spiritual lives. Our inner life, our life in the spirit is something we always say we'll get around to it. And what I was going to pass out today, but I didn't know how many people, I was going to give you a little circle and put to it. Like there's your round to it. Get to it. Make it a priority. But generally, it's not a priority, is it? Because we say we're going to get around to it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. What's a priority? A priority is something you think about. A priority is something you spend your time on. Your priority is something you spend your money on. A priority is something that you commit to doing every day. Nobody has to guilt you into eating. Right? And some of us overeat, so we, we, that is a significant priority for us. And why, why somebody got to remind you to pray? Why somebody got to remind us to, to read the Bible? And then we wonder why we still are a mess. Then we wonder why there's still mess in the church. Mess in our world. We put how much we honor God on our money, but not in our lives. Balance can be achieved through the regular practice of these spiritual disciplines. Our life in faith is like a journey. Sometimes we're in the valley, sometimes we're in the mountains. And I can tell you, I think I told you that one time that I, I was a sprinter, right? My job was to run down that field as fast as I can for 100 yards and then stop. That was it. Okay, that's all I had to run. Now, when I did the 220, I only had to go 220 yards and then stop. Or I did the four by four relay, I only had to do my little section and then stop. I was a running broad jump. I had to run down there 
hit the jump. That's it. And then one day somebody was sick in the mile relay. <laughs> and the coach got nerve to come up to me. I said, that's not what I do. I run 100 yards and I stop. You have to be in training. You have to have wind. You have to have breath to run. After that one time, every time I watch the Olympics and them sisters are doing that mile relay, I am always impressed. Amen? I know, you know, because when you don't have breath, when you've not been conditioned, it is as if your lungs are trying to jump out of your chest. Your lungs are saying, what are you doing? We can't breathe. Make it stop. Please stop running. Right? Think about the sisters and brothers who run marathons. On this life of faith, it's a journey. And sometimes we are hiking up high and we need the breath of God, the spirit of the living God to be there. Breathing it in, exhaling it out. Breathing the spirit of joy in, exhaling the spirit of joy out. Breathing in the spirit of love, exhaling it out. Breathing in hope, exhaling it out. Breathing in self-control, breathing it out, breathing it in, breathing it out, breathing it in, breathing it out. The more we practice, the better we are, the stronger we are, the more able we are. How can we grow godly if we don't go to God's word faithfully? How can we share Christ if we don't spend time with him? How can we offer a word to the hurting and the broken if we're not abiding in it? How can we really pray for others? Knock and it shall be, door shall be open. Seek and ye shall find. How can we do that if we're not regularly spending time in prayer? How can we help others out of their mess when we're still messy? How can we hear from Christ? How can we really do the work of Christ in the world with joy, hope, peace, perseverance if we will not sit at his feet? For a moment, I want you to just sit. To sit and hear, to sit and think. To sit and thank God for being God. To sit and hear Jesus speaking to you.
friends, I invite you to join us all on this journey to discipleship. First, if you do not know, not in your head, but if you're still living in the mess and you're sick and tired of it, tired of messing up, tired of having people mess with you, then today I invite you to accept Christ and let, let us talk with you and speak with you about God's plan for your life and, and how you can increase your capacity. Spirit. God's spirit in you. How the things you used to do, man, you, you don't have a desire for those things anymore. The, the things that used to get you going and mess you up and take you off, they can't do that anymore. You want some peace? I can, I can tell you how to get some peace. You want some joy, some real joy, joy that's not based on your circumstances, how much money you have, who likes you, who's uh, defriended you. I, can find, we, I, I, I know a savior. And there are plenty of people who can tell you, let me tell you what the Lord has done for me all my life long. As one older lady told she said, oh, it gets gooder. <laughs> you can have that life. You really can. I'm a testimony. There are others. If you are watching online and you're like, I just don't know, to call me. Our numbers will hear. I will call you back and gladly share God's plan with you because God has been looking for you. God wants to heal you from your mess. If there's anyone here today who is in the sanctuary and, and, and you, have, you have mess, we're all a little messy. All of us. All of us. And you want to recommit and rededicate your life to Christ. You want to recommit to the journey. I'm not saying you don't know, you didn't start. But like I say, sometimes we just aren't as faithful. We don't move as fast and as far as we should have. Sometimes we sit down, we stumble. Things take us off track. But if you would like to recommit your life to Christ today... You're welcome to calm down as well. Examine your conscience, my friends. Have you been sitting at his feet? Faithfully. Practicing it. Have you? May the Lord bless us and keep us. Let us pray. Lord, right now, um, I just want to pray for anyone who is concerned about what others are thinking. I just want to pray for that person right now who may either be here in the sanctuary or watching online. Oh, God, they can hear that still, small voice. They can feel the prick in their heart. They can feel the tug at their soul. I pray, oh God, that you would enable them to reach out, to call or email or stand or to follow up later. 
so that they too might know life and to live it more abundantly. This is my prayer for the discipleship of your people today. Amen.